Welcome to Break the Routine Podcast presented by Chef Region 7. On our podcast, we'll talk with guests on various topics that range from professional development to personal growth. We want to share stories that many can relate to and that our audience can feel a sense of ease when they hear how others got to where they are. Please stay tuned to future episodes. for this bonus episode. What this is is actually going to be something we're going to be doing in the future. As our new year starts, we're going to be having several forms of communication, whether it be through our Instagram, this podcast, virtual meetings. But we're going to be actually talking about very interesting topics, the things that you would normally expect from our podcast. Um, but even though we have them in other forms of, of you know social media or other forms of communication, what we're still going to be doing is taking those conversations and putting them on this podcast to be available for people to listen. If for some reason you miss a live stream on Instagram or you can't make it to one of our virtual events. And on this particular episode, it's actually going to be a recording from our boot camp that we just had. So we just launched our very first presidential boot camp where we sat down and actually have a really honest conversation with our incoming president of this new coming year within our region um, and other chapter leaders. Uh, it was a great conversation. We talked about what it's like to really be a president within an organization like this, what to expect, the dramas, how to balance chef life balance and all that good stuff. So we just wanted to go ahead and provide this to you if you didn't have a chance to, to uh, attend the meeting. And if you're just curious about some of the things that we talk about in these meetings, well, this is the opportunity to do so. I think it's very insightful. It doesn't have to apply just to chef presidency. It just it can apply to just leadership in general. Um, you get to hear from experiences from myself, others that have been part of the organization for a while. Uh, and it was a really cool conversation. We had about 44 people attend, which is really amazing. Um, I want to warn you guys, um, I forgot to press record in our meeting in the very few, few, few minutes. So you're going to pretty much just jump in as we begin to discuss several topics. And the first topic we talk about is pretty much our overall experience about being presidents of SHEP. And then you'll get to hear all the other stuff that we talk about. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It is going to be the first of many of these bonus type of material. Um, but yeah, this is for you guys. Enjoy it, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Yes, and things we wanted to do to, to more so damage control um, in the sense of, all right, it's COVID, it's virtual. How do we take this this organization that's been fully in person, fully ingrained in a, in a having fun culture, right? That's how we're recording, so I'll watch what I say. But um but but yeah, no, I mean overall we we had our good moments or bad moments, but if it's not a good experience, then I recommend that you kind of reflect on it and and try and turn it into a good experience because um you only get to do this one time and, and make the best out of it. Are you William? Yeah, overall definitely a good experience. I still talk to a lot of the folks that I met when I was president, um, even from other chapters. Um a couple of years later, after my presidency, people would come up to me and be like, hey, thank you. You really put a lot of energy and effort into the presidency. So that's going to be great. You might not see that in the moment, um, but people are definitely going to be grateful for the time and effort that you put in. If I had to give you guys advice, plan, 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 plan. Um, with my eboard, and we were very successful, in, in my opinion, we planned the entire year out before the semester even started. So that when it was time to finally execute on things, things were just falling into place. And another thing I would say to you guys is that you share the responsibilities with your eboard members. If somebody can't make an event because they have an exam, share that burden with them, cover for them, and they'll be doing the same for you. Um, one of the things I always ask eboards is, hey, whose job is it to do recruitment? 
And if it's a bad e-board, they point at the person who's in charge of recruitment. If it's a good e-board, they don't answer. And that's because they're like, well, that's all of our jobs. And that, that's my feeling about everything. The president might be the face of the organization, but it's all a team activity, group activity. When somebody can't carry the water, help them out. And when you can't carry the water, they're going to help you out. 100%. Um, but yeah, guys, it, again, this is all meant to be just an insight to our experiences. Obviously, for everyone, it will be different uh, depending on what your focuses are. But like it, these guys just said, it's really about how you really take it and run with it, you know. Um, so the next thing I do want to talk about is what I call chef life balance. Now, I'm a big proponent for work life balance because that's important. Now that I'm working, I'm sure Carlos and William can attest, it's really important. But what I like to call it chef life balance is because how do you fit chef into whatever else you got going on, whether it's work, school, a relationship, whatever it may be, this is just something that's very key. Now, this may shock some of you, but I will be honest with you and say, for me, chef comes last. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to school, when it comes to your health, whether it's mental, physical, whatever it is, that has to take priority. So William just kind of mentioned a little bit. There are times when I was president, I had to take a test. I couldn't attend a meeting. So what do I do? It's relying on the chef board members to actually be able to pick up the, the baton and go running with it. Because I heard some of you guys have mentioned to me at Nila is that sometimes you feel like your board is already relying on you too much and that you're the one. You're the one that has all the the answers and all these things. But in the end of the day, like Will said, the president really is just the face. They may set the direction and help set the pace, but in the end of the day, you're just the face. And honestly, one of the things that will make a president work harder and feel more comfortable in their position is knowing that they have a board ready to back them up when need be. It's just the reality. So hopefully that if you're just your you're, you're president representing your chapter tonight in this meeting, when you go meet your board next time, you make sure you, you present that message, making sure that the board is aware, like, I need you as much as you need me. Because that's going to be very, very key, believe me or not. Um, so, yeah, chef life balance. And the thing, too, is sometimes you're going to get sick. Sometimes things are going to happen in your life that you can't predict. A big example is I ended up getting pneumonia right before winter break during my year. Uh, not had nothing to do with chef. It was a whole other separate thing. But I was sick. Uh -huh. <laughs> the first few weeks within the spring semester, my e-board had to pick up the pace, whether it's registering with the university, begin focusing on funding for our regional conference that year. There's a lot of stuff going on when it begins, you know, each semester begins, as some of you are beginning to realize. So having that board back you up is going to be a, such an amazing thing. But again, in the end of the day, chef will come last. That's something a lot of you guys will have to get, will come to understand as time goes on. There's uh, Carlos and Will, do you guys want to add anything? You yeah, go first, Carlos. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go. Um, so on the other side of that, right, as you, as your presidents are sitting down watching this, I'm sure for you guys, Shep is first, right? And that's, I mean, we all went through that. Um, you can ask Andres, you can ask Mariana. Um, I almost broke down my, my year presidency during October leading up to conference. Um, I kind of took it all on me to to get conference going, get the funding from our school, all that stuff. And I didn't take a step I didn't take a step back. I didn't take a break. And to me, I just I I got to a point, and you can ask Mariana, because she actually shut me down from doing this, but I even thought about putting some of my savings forward to kind of put things forward in case, you know, the funding didn't come through. And that's because like to me, Shep was always first. Like it was before school, it was before mental health, it was before physical health, it was before everything. Um, and now that I'm kind of beyond that, it's just like, why did I put 
it first <laughs> type of thing. And that's something that you're going to have to go through with yourselves. But uh, as you are kind of talking to your boards and e-boards, you know, to Andres' point, make sure that they know that, you know, other stuff comes first. And once they understand that you know that as a president, they're going to be that much more willing to work with you and come to you when, when shit hits the fan. Uh, because if you have the expectation of work, 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 Shep, 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 Shep is life. And they're, they're not going to come to you if, you if they have an issue. They're not going to come to you if they have a problem because they're, they're not going to want to, they're not going to want to disappoint. They're not want to, they're not going to want to stir the pot X, Y, Z. Right. So um, I understand that you are a student and you have to graduate. None of this means anything if you don't graduate. <clears throat> so if you fail an exam because of Shep, if you don't pass a class because of Shep, it's happened to me. At the end of the day, you're going to ask yourself, why did I let it get in the way? Um, so, yeah, it's my two cents there. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to add to there is that I was definitely known around campus as, like, the Shep guy. I always had Shep swag on. I was constantly repping Shep. I was constantly telling people about the conference. Even if they were from other orgs, I was like, yo, you're in Nesby, but what's up? Have you heard about Shep? Let me tell you about our conference. It's in the, it's in the fall. If you're transferred to the spring, let me recruit you to come to my conference. Hey, you guys are uh, from India? What's up? Let me tell you about Shep. Come to our conference. Um, so I was constantly on that Shep grind, and all of the people around me were also on that Shep grind. My study group for members from Shep, our parties were basically Shep parties. Um, on the weekends, our e-boards would get together for e-board meetings on the weekend. Like, it really did take over a lot of my schedule. Um, and after I finished my presidency, it definitely, I took a break, and then I started just kind of guiding the, the new e-board and really just supporting when they needed me. And now I still volunteer with Shep, but it's definitely on the back burner compared to work, my personal life, my vacation. So what I'm going to say is that, hey, it's okay while you're in college because you're on campus, you're there for it to blend with your personal life, especially for, I'm going to, I'm going to say like UF, FSU, you guys live in college towns. A lot of you are moving from cities to get there or other countries to get there at usf and at ucf you see you have a lot of commuters folks are still having to take care of their siblings go pick them up from school do a lot of other things um i feel like at those smaller uh college towns you get a lot more of that blend of chef is life kind of deal um just be careful of it i agree with carlos and andres that it can affect your life negatively if you go too far uh, find that balance and, and go for me. I, and I definitely failed class before because of Shep and looking back, I'm still like no regrets, but I'm like, dude, I could have done that better. Yeah. And I do want to add to that really quick. Um, don't lose sight of your interests. Like, you know, you're not a trader. If you go to other clubs, if you go to other events, right, you know, have fun. It's your college experience too. Chances are, if you're president, you're an upperclassman, junior, senior, you only have so much time left at college. Enjoy it. Right. If you want to go to, I don't know, like a yoga club or like Swee or Nesri or whatever club that isn't Chef, like that's okay. Like understand that do things that you want to do and don't make this the entirety of your life if you have interests outside of it too. Yeah, there used to be a, a salsa club at UCF. There probably still is, and I used to escape all the time to go dance salsa. So that was just, that was my escape. Um, and as Mariana is saying on the chat, have hobbies. Like, that's one thing that, that I wish I had. Obviously, time is a thing, too. You can't do everything. But, you know, try to stay in tune when you need a break. Take a day just to do your stuff. So, yeah, William. <laughs> sure. So, 
Um, okay, well, yeah, chef life balance, guys, is that's a very important thing. If there's one thing you take away from that is this, okay? Um, and obviously, again, if you guys have questions, we'll have a moment at the end to kind of talk about it, but you'll be hearing me say this a lot, okay? Chef life balance. If you're sure right. that burnout coming, take a step back. Take a step back, yeah. Okay. Working with friends. This is a good one. Uh, Carlos, you go first. I need to get Working with friends. Um, this is one of the hardest things you're going to have to learn as a president. And, I'm, and I don't know if William and Andres can attest to this, but it's really interesting when you're a group of friends and you've been through, through classes together, college, you've gone out together, you've been drunk together, you've had all these memories and experiences, and then all of a sudden you're the one in charge. You know, you're the one on the pedestal, you're the one that everyone looks to for advice, for direction, whatever it is. And then you also have, so once you're on that pedestal and you and you kind of have to set forth the tone and the, the movement, whatever the case, you have to understand that business is business and business and pleasure don't don't mix, right? So when you're talking to your board and your e-board and you're, you're in president mode, leader mode, whatever, understand that you have to put your friendships aside and it's not personal. This is business. Uh, I unfortunately, my year, my president's year, I had to, I had to fire someone from my board. Why? Because they weren't doing their job. Um, they had it all over their resume that you know they were doing X, Y, Z. And January came. I sat them down and say, you have this on your resume, X, Y, Z. Tell me when you did X, Y, and Z. Um, and that was just setting aside our friendship. You know, that was this is business. This isn't personal. Um, he tried to turn it around. He didn't. And at the end of the day, hey, I'm sorry, I got to let you go. And that's that. Right. And if you're not able to have those conversations and you're not able to have that separation of church and state. Right. Then your life as a president is going to be immensely, immensely difficult because you're going to be walking on eggshells amongst your friends and amongst your your e-board and board as a leader. Um, and those that's going to lead to a lot of drama, a lot of tension, a lot of issues. And it's not worth it. Right. Make it clear from the very beginning that, hey, if we need to have a difficult conversation, it's not personal. I have nothing against you. But if you're not doing your job, then that's an issue and we need to talk because for you and your chapters, you are you guys are in charge of a lot of people. And Shep does change lives. Right. Unfortunately, like a lot of people's jobs depend on the outcome that you that you kind of establish as a chapter. Um so if your board and e-board aren't being effective or they're causing drama or shit hitting the fan for whatever reason, you need to have these difficult conversations and understand that you're a leader for a reason. They picked you for a reason and you have to be able to have those conversations. Yeah, I'm, um, so I worked with probably like my best friends when I was a uh, chef president. We still hang out. We go on vacation together. Uh, we go to each other's weddings and that kind of stuff. Um, what I would say is you just need to set my opinion, set the tone from the beginning of like, yo, very similar to what Carlos is saying. Here's what we got to do. Here's everyone's roles. And we are a team and we are going to like help each other. But here's everyone's responsibilities and you guys need to make sure you deliver. Uh, the worst thing that happened during my year was I had somebody get a co-op and they left. And we, we had to find somebody to backfill. So be ready to adapt. And then I had somebody like win their position go to their internship and then transfer to ucf and then transfer back and by coincidence the person who went to the co-op left and they got to take the position 
and they like interviewed for it and stuff. So like, I didn't have anything crazy uh, going on, but I think just setting the tone uh, with everyone and making it clear of like, Hey, we do impact lives. If we don't do the, all these workshops, people are going to conference, they're not going to be ready. And at USF, we don't fund um, conferences fully, at least when I was there. So people are putting three, four, five, six hundred dollars out of their own pocket to go to conference. So it's it's a pretty big deal if you're going to conference uh, with money out of your pocket and you can't even secure one interview. Really quick, if I can add to that, uh, I don't know if a lot of you have already picked your boards, if you guys are already planning, if you guys already done interviews and whatnot. I learned the hard way not to pick your friends on your boards. Right. Don't pick someone to be on your board just because they're your friends and you trust them to get the job done. As you interview people, either if you have already, it is what it is. But if you haven't set any biases aside that you can and really look at it objectively, because it's easy for someone to paint a pretty picture during an interview. And then lo and behold, they don't deliver. And then at the end of the day, it's going to come down to you and your team for choosing that person because they were your friends. So, yeah, feelings might get hurt. They might get upset, whatever, but don't get lost in the pretty picture just because they're your friends. Yeah, and for me, uh, you know, obviously these guys have said pretty much the same stuff. It's really understanding the line between being the leader and being the friend. And it's hard. It's really hard, um, especially because, you know, for me, it was more like everyone on our team was picked because we knew they could do the job. And the only ever issue I had with someone was one person who was our marketing person who <laughs> He had a lot of great ideas, but I was like, there's only so much we can do. So we can only do this and this and this. And unfortunately, he didn't take it well. And, and it ended up him starting to spread some rumors during the convention that I heard of that he was saying that our board was going to drive everything down and all that stuff. And that was just because he just wasn't happy that we didn't go with some of his ideas. And I had to kind of sit him down and just go, listen, man, that was not a way to do it. It could have been a better way. We could have had a conversation. And unfortunately, he just didn't feel like his ideas were worthwhile, but it's it's hard because you kind of want to do everything, but in the end of the day, you can't. So you have to make that decision as a leader, and it sucks. So if there's anything to take away from this topic is just knowing the balance between when there's time to be the leader and when it's time to be a friend. And don't get me wrong. One of the things I loved about being my, my, my team is that I had a plan from the very beginning, and everyone knew what they had to do to help in that plan. So they already knew their responsibilities, but on top of that, I was kind enough, even if we weren't close friends, to just find out what's going on in their lives. And just because I made that extra effort, they actually cared to actually want to do this because they know, like, well, this has got our back. So why not do the job? You know what I mean? So it's really up to each and one of you. You all have different personalities. You have all different ways of leading and all that. You will discover them as the time goes on. But just try to strike that balance of when it is to be a friend and really when it is to be the leader. Okay. quality over quantity so and i've already heard a few things from this year as i said earlier you only have a year to do what you want to do so you can try to fill your calendar with x amount of events you can try to you know try to be the best board the best organization in the region or in your universities whatever but if your events suck no one's going to care no one's going to want to come and if you want people to come, you got to make sure that it's worth coming. I always believed this since day one, right beginning when I was Chef UCF president. I didn't care if we had just one event a month. If that event was the most best event we can probably do, let's do it. 
Now, I love the idea that everyone wants to take 100 people to conference and they're trying their absolute best. That's awesome. I would love, especially because it's in Region 7 this year, I would love to fill our regional meeting with as many people as possible. But if I could spend months preparing 60 members to be the best they can possibly be at the conference, I would be more than happy. And that's exactly what I did when I was my president. Chairman. Like we couldn't take a lot of people. We didn't have the benefits UCF now has in, you know, working with SGA and getting funding through a bill. We didn't have that opportunity. We just had scholarships and that could pay, pay not so much. So what we had, what I told everybody was like, as long as you are 100 percent prepared and go and get an internship, I'm fine. And you'd be surprised how many people come up to you. And you know what? Thank you so much for helping me prepare because I wouldn't have gotten X amount of internships if it wasn't for that preparation. Like, do you really want to send 200 people where a good quarter of them are like not prepared and they're wasting their time and just stare? It's not worth it. So that goes to anything, your events, your planning, quality over quantity. Um, so I don't know, if, Will, you want to add anything to that topic? I love sending 200 people to conference. Um, but I will say that USF in the past, I think for like the last five years has definitely been the top five for most students sent. But they also have probably the most, I would put money on it. They have the most professional development events across any chapter in the country. Like when I was there and even after I was done with my presidency, they were hosting 10 to 12 resume critique workshops in the fall, like before the conference. They were doing mock interviews with professionals coming in. They were doing companies coming in Tuesdays and Thursdays. We were doing so much to focus on that professional aspect of it that people were going. And you mean you take 200 people to conference and the 150 that showed up to all your events and got trained up, if they get jobs, that's a thumbs up. The 50 that didn't show up, that's on them, whatever. Um, and we were okay with that. I will say that that took a toll on our social aspect. Like we were literally saying, hey, let's not have parties uh, this week or the next three weeks because um, we need to literally do resume workshops. So that would deter some members that wanted to do socials, go bowling, um, whatever you want to call it. and we would focus on the professional development so hard in the spring, we'd see a huge decline of membership because it's like, yo, everybody already got their internships. Everyone got the co-op full times. Uh, what do we do now? And that that's changed at USF, but I would also take that into consideration when you plan for, for the year, you don't want to be all professional. All right, I guess it's my turn. Um, quality, quality, quality. Right, doesn't matter how much you have. Right, quality is key. Um, leading off of where William kind of ended up, as you get companies involved in your events, whether it's a GBM, whether it's a workshop, whether it's um, an activity, whatever it is, right? If it isn't a quality event, and you know it's not going to be quality, don't do it. Right, it's going to blow up in your face if you bring out companies, representatives, and it's not a good event. Right, you need to give yourself and plan ahead to make sure that what you're trying to do is is doable. Right, so one of the, I think three years ago at UCF, um, a company was on campus to recruit. Um, they went to an event. Uh, they approached one of the shop leaders to be like, hey, like we'd love to work with you guys. Can we do an event tomorrow? And they said yes. Lo and behold, the next day it wasn't marketed. It wasn't. There was no room booked. There was nothing organized. There was nothing communicated nobody showed up and that was the company's first time at UCF so if you can't do a quality event it's okay to say no don't feel pressured to say yes just because they're a big name company on campus chances are they'll come back 
And chances are when they come back, you'll have another chance to do it all over again. So quality, quality, quality. Um, don't burn out your members, right? And that goes for your board as well. Don't overload them with events after events after events. Because burnout, again, burnout is real. Don't burn out your membership in the fall because when spring comes, you have what's going to happen? There's nobody there. Um, your board might be there, but if they're burnt out, they're not going to be effective, so they might as well not be there. So burnout, burnout's there, and, and that happens when it's quantity over quality. Um, now looking to you guys, though, administratively, make sure your meetings are, are quality over quantity, too. Right. Every meeting doesn't have to be two and a half hours long when you meet with your e-board and your boards. Right. Time is valuable. Um, I've been on enough e-board and board calls where they ran over an hour and a half, two hours consistently. And if it can be an email, please make it an email. <laughs> I'm sure Andres and William can can appreciate that. But um, try and get the cadence going as soon as you can with your boards of in and out. What are we going to talk about? What do we need to discuss? Don't get lost in the trenches of the rabbit hole of infinite amount of topics. If you can table it and move on. Um, don't be that that president having a call start at 6 and end at 9.30 every Tuesday night. Your, your, board, your board have life too. A <laughs> couple of things on that, Carlos, before we move on. Uh, how to avoid that, plan everything in advance. So if you have to have at the beginning of the year, a 10 hour meeting, like a one day, let's all get together in a room and plan the entire year out. That completely avoids the need for three hour meetings because you don't have to figure anything out last minute. And then Mariana, I saw that you put, how did you balance the um, professional development versus social aspect in your chapters? And the, the same answer, plan, plan, plan. Uh, we used to plan when we were going to have parties based off our estimation of when we thought tests were going to be. So if it wasn't on those weekends that we had designated as, hey, here's an official weekend to do a social. And then if people want to get together after and do a party, uh, we're not doing any sort of party because people probably are part studying for exams. They probably have other things to do. And that, like to that level is how we were planning our calendar. Like we didn't necessarily have every company committed to, hey, we're going to show up on this day at 5 p.m., but we knew that we were planning to get a company. And if we found them, you know, three, four weeks into the semester, great. If not, we'd figure something else out or have one of the uh, students do um, a workshop on something that the members would develop or benefit from, or we'd have a short meeting. Yeah, and one of the benefits in the fall is, I don't know for all of you guys, but for UCF at least, and I assume USF and the big campuses, you know, tailgate season. That was always our time to take a break, have a good time. You know, if after, you know, we don't, no one ever went to the football game. Let's just be honest, okay? We all went right after the after party, wherever that was. But it was just a, a chance to get to know each other. And like William said, when we were, during my time, if there was something big going on, whether it's midterm, something like that, we disappeared. We didn't want to get into anyone, bother any member. We didn't want to get into their lives because at the same time, like Carlos mentioned, we want to burn them out with Shep. We want them to come back in the spring. We want to start doing things with them. And that's something to really, really keep in mind. So I always I always promote social. Obviously, be careful and obviously not don't go over the board to embarrass the chapter or yourselves. But try to balance that good times versus the, you know, the times where you have to get down and get serious. Right? As you as you plan the, these fun socials with uh, the spicy drinks, understand that there's cleanup after. So if you're the president, don't want to clean up, plan ahead and 
and pick someone to clean up. <laughs> as, as ridiculous as it is, we had a tailgate <laughs> coordinator for that exact reason, just making sure everything was picked up, brought back to our office at the time, and you know, done. No worries. So, so the last thing before the Q and A, because I do want to have time for that, is and I've been saying this, and I won't go into too much because it's pretty evident. Is time. And that goes into your chef life balance. It goes into the planning and it goes to honestly realizing that you only have a few months to really get the things you want to do. So that's why Will, Will has been saying, and I say it all the time, you have to plan what you want to do. For those of you who are at, at NILA and you will see it in our, our chapter kit when you open it up, is there are actually, you know, a timeline of what we want to do in the fall. You guys will already know regionally what we want to do. So I highly suggest plan. And that's what we've done in the region. We plan all summer planning all this stuff. Now it's about a matter of just going and going and getting it done. But if you're trying to plan on the fly, if you're trying to plan, you know, in October, what you want to do in this, you know, the next month or so, come on, guys, it's not going to work. So use your time effectively, use it wisely, and just balance. So anyone else want to add? I think you're good. There's only so much time in a day. Don't give up your sleep. Don't give up your the mom, the memories with family, with your friends. You're only in college for so much time, for so much longer time. So don't give Shep more time than it needs because you've already given enough time to it. So there's a lot, but I do want to have it open for a communication and talk with all of you guys. So if you have a question, feel free to use the rate hand raise option on Teams. If you haven't used it before, it's up in the reaction bar. <coughs> Who has a question? Anybody? Okay, Manfred, what do you got, man? Um, I'm wondering about mandatory meetings and if y'all used to hold them uh, occasionally um, as a, I guess, as a tool, maybe to trim the fat, per se. Um, if you're talking about e-board meetings, they were just already planned out. So people knew that those were the meetings they had to attend. So I, I can't remember what the frequency was. I think it was bi-weekly maybe, if that. But like every beginning of the month, and I do that, I do this in the regional team. Every month I kind of lay down what's coming up and what everyone needs to do. And by, by the end of the month, things that should have been already completed type of thing, you know? It avoids having to meet frequently, especially since at the regional level, we're all over the place. Some of us are working, some of us are students. Um, that's always worked for me. And if anything comes up, it'd be a quick email. I would not even have a need to to have a meeting. I'll, you, uh, Carlos can attest, and for those who are on the regional team can attest to this. I'll either send a video of myself explaining something new or something coming up. That's it. Please, guys, look at it when you have a chance. Okay, I'm out. So I don't know, Carlos and Will, you want to add anything to that? Um, on those mandatory meetings, was that for general members or is that for your e-board? Well, I, I guess the question is, uh, Either way, did did you use mandatory meetings? I, I didn't. I mean, if my e-board needed to miss a meeting, they would usually send us a message via text in our group chat or via email. We'd know why they were missing, and it'd probably be some reason of exam, family, or something else that was important to them. And then for members, I wouldn't say that there was mandatory meetings, but in, in my mind, the content and the value they were getting from it was so good that they would want to come to meetings. I mean, we would be holding 200 person meetings and the companies loved it. They got to speak to a lot of students. The students got value from what the companies were preaching. So it, it kind of went both ways. We didn't have a point system at all. So there was no benefit for people to show up to every single event. 
other than what they were getting from the actual content of the event. You go, Carlos? Yeah, no, I mean, for us, I mean, e-board and board meetings, like, it's um, the unspoken rule that they're mandatory, right? But as William said, like, you know, if they can't show up, like, let make sure they can let you know to be like, so that way you're not just waiting. Um, I think we only, the time I was at UCF, we only made uh, the pre-conference meeting mandatory, and that was just to make sure everyone was on the same page of, here's when you go to the airport, here's how to get to the hotel, like, etiquette, attire, that type, that kind of thing, but that's the only instance where we made meetings mandatory for students. And um, even for that, Carlos, like we had, we call them a convention slash conference meetings to yeah. explain and lay it all out. And because at USF, we're all paying $600 out of pocket. Again, if you miss that and you don't show up, that's your money. You do your own thing. That's, you know, whatever. So I, I ruled with an iron fist. I was really bad. All right, we got, excuse me if I mispronounce, Evangelia? Jane. Uh, Jane is fine. Jane is fine, Jane. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't worry about it. Um, so you were talking about biases and uh, how you have friends on your e-board and you know how to uh, like be objective. What are some strategies you would recommend to becoming like more objective? Because I personally... I feel like I do have bias currently and I'm trying to eliminate it as much as I can. So what are some things you would recommend to eliminate it, period? Or at least a little bit. You have to let them know that it's not personal. Like start it off with this isn't personal of whatever it is you're trying to say if it's a if it's negative, right? If it's positive, it's whatever. But yeah. if it's negative, make sure they know it's not personal. Like this is business. Um, that That comes with the role. Right. It's when you talk to your managers, it's, hey, it's not that I don't like you. It's you did this to me. I didn't like it. We need to talk. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you're explicitly clear that it, this isn't personal, this is from one leader to another or from president to, to VP or president to whatever board member. I just lay it out, you know, let them know why it is that you're feeling a certain way, what it is that you're seeing. And if it's, if it's a misunderstanding, be open to that, you know, be open to getting criticized back as well. Um, but as long as you make it known that it's not personal both ways, then that should alleviate a lot of the tension moving forward. Okay. Yeah, and really, for me, real quick, the beginning of, like, any year or anything that if there's a new team member is letting them know, listen, when I'm in business mode, we're going to talk business and get the work done. So, you know, people on my team right now, I've known for years, they're close friends. Some of them are brand new, we've become friends. Some I just talk to business-wise. But at the end of the day, they all know my expectations. So, again, they shouldn't take it personal. This is meant to be, you know, a good experience, but it's an experience that we have to take seriously. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank sure. you. Did that help? <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, Sebastian Gomez. Hey guys, um, <clears throat> so uh, I'm uh, I'm from Georgia Southern, and we're like a very small chapter and a new chapter like two years ago. And one of the things we struggle a lot is how to maintain uh, like a board meeting, uh, both informative and entertaining at the same time, because we lose a lot of uh, uh, we we tend to lose people because they get bored in the middle of a session or something like that. 
So I was wondering if y'all had like any examples that could help us out uh, with that or like try to keep a conversation uh, ongoing with the students at uh, our chapter or something like that. When you say board meeting, are you talking about your e-board or are you talking about your general members? No, about the general body meeting. I mean, for, for me, a lot of our general body meetings were like five to 10 minutes of updates. And then usually we'd bring in some sort of speaker or company to do a presentation. Uh, usually give them about 30 to 40 minutes. And then that, that would also include a Q&A. Um, and then if we had anything afterwards, it was usually members staying to kind of chit chat, connect with each other. Um, what we tried to build at USF when, when I was there was for people to actually engage with each other with the officers to get to know their members so they actually cared. That bond between officers and members and members to members is really what kept people coming back for the long term. So if they want to be there, they're going to continue to come. Um, we Our chapter actually does little games. So we do, for example, uh, like stack, uh, like cup stacking competitions or like air, Lego airplane building or things like that. And then we like uh, put them into groups and they do a little fun activity post the important like information session. All right. Sweet. That sounds great. So I'm going to I'm going to flip it back on you. I'm going to ask you. Would you want to be at your meetings more than halfway through? And if the answer is no, then. There you go. Put yourself in the shoes of your members to, and ask yourself, does somebody really want to sit through this for an hour? You know, and then look at the content that you're putting out. Look at what you're doing. You know, are you making it fun? Are you bringing culture? Are you bringing music? Are you bringing food? Are you bringing games, activities, whatever the case? You know, if it's just strictly black and white updates, I wouldn't want to go, right? So as you're building your presentations out, you know, put yourself in the shoes of your members. It's, is this interesting? Is it not? Like, what's the value I get out of it? Because you as a president, of course, you see the value in it, but not everybody does. You know, the freshman may not see it. The senior might not see it. But only because you do doesn't mean they do. Yeah, so. right. Mm -hmm. I, I did something as simple as put music. Get the vibe going, talking to people, having a good time, and then get into it. You want people to feel like they're coming home. I think Freddie mentioned on the chat, it's a familia, man. It's all about making them feel at home. You know, they're probably getting out of class or they want to take a break, gonna have food, whatever. Whether it's a game or not, just make it feel chill. That's all you really have to do. Yeah. Well, Freedom prices go a long way. Mm-hmm. All right, we have Fernando, who's our, for those who haven't met him yet, he's our regional um, professional representative. So, Fernando, feel free to ask. Yeah. Thank you, Andres. And uh, hopefully in the next few uh, events that we have I won't miss them like Anila so I could have met all those wonderful people but I wanted to add a little bit to what Sebastian said about a relatively small chapter and how you keep the engagement going and I can speak from experience myself since uh, the University of North Florida chapter started the year off as a very very small chapter and it was not that active uh, something that helped us a lot throughout the year to grow was to build relationships with uh, other engineering clubs that we identified as being popular. For our case, it was uh, IEEE, which is a uh, club that in the past years had a, a very strong following at the University of North Florida. We actually partnered with them. And at one of the general body meetings, we were the guest speakers, if that makes sense. And what we made sure to do is that in that opportunity where we had a big audience, we advertised uh, 
you know, the bread and butter of ship, which is the professional development, but also the social aspect, because people really like that. So uh, we would do a lot of outdoors activities. We would have soccer tournaments. We would have um, the Osprey Challenge, which was a rope course. And even if your following is not that strong at the beginning, it depends on your activities. When people start to see that they can get something out of the club by joining and really enjoying the the social aspect of meeting people while doing something fun. I think that's a very uh, that's a very strong hook that you can put on your members so they can stay with you. Um, so that was uh, I wanted to add that. And then the other thing I wanted to add it's been a couple questions in between, but as far as mandatory meetings, uh, I think uh, Manfred was the one that asked. Uh, if and then again, this might not apply to everyone, every single chapter, but for the chapters that rely on university funding for attending conferences, uh, sometimes the universities provide this funding, but they expect something in return. And uh, the students that attend these conferences performing really well. So for us, our bread and butter at, at SHIP UNF was always that we had a really good, uh, I guess, hiring ratio of the people that attend during co the attending conferences are getting internships and getting jobs. Uh, you have to make sure in order to succeed at doing that, that before you go to conference, you hold a meeting where you set the expectations straight about what the members are going to go to. Because a lot of members maybe have not attended a professional conference ever, and they're not expecting the sheer size of what, for example, a SHIP national conference can be. If you've never experienced something like that, it can definitely catch you off guard. So I would say that that's probably the only instance where I would advocate for something like a mandatory meeting is if you have members, if you have a large following that are going to attend a conference, make sure you let every single one of them know. And thus the easiest way to do it is in a mandatory meeting. They set the expectations and that you really prepare them for what they're going to get into. Thank you, Fernando. Good insight. All right, we got Brian Otero Garcia. All right, uh, hey guys, I am the current SHIP uh, Junior Sheriff of Kennesaw State, and I have, a, I have two questions. The first question is, I keep so I keep is I'm basically asking how to go about it. I keep e emailing some schools to you know work with them to help them help the programs. So you know, I'm like I said, to it's hard to build a chapter right away. So my main my main focus is trying to build relationships with the the with the Hispanic chapters with the Hispanic chapters that they have at the schools like Hope, they have Hope, Lasso, you know, all those Hispanic organizations that promote uh, student success. But I keep getting ignored or they just don't respond. So I just want to ask how do how do I go about it? Because I just keep emailing them again. Like should I keep should I just stop trying to make make connection there? So or should I like keep emailing them or like show up to school and say, hey, like I'm really interested. Kansas State Chef is really interested in working with y'all. We want to do something. We want to build a relationship. The, 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 having done Chef Junior for a long time, the hardest thing is for a school to take a student at the university seriously. This is the reality. So one of the reasons we created a Chef Junior package is to help you guys as regional and since a lot of us are professionals and in positions that are a little bit more, we have a little bit more weight. Um, we're here to help you with that. So if you want, 
um, you know, have your president take a look at the package, have it send it to you. If you have any questions, let us know. And we can go ahead and, and have those conversations for you. So we don't, you don't have to deal with the whole, you know, not hearing back and all that stuff. So we'll help you with that. So don't, don't feel pressured with that. Yeah, if you want to keep emailing, but honestly, we'll recommend just let us get involved and we'll get definitely, you know, get that conversation going for you. And then if, if you are going to keep emailing, I would say one thing that we found success when I was in school was to find a teacher uh, that would engage with the students. They're usually the ones who also have to volunteer to be there after school, to do uh, the club stuff and to be like the, what do they call it, the advisor for the students. And they can be your champion within the school. And then the other thing kind of on Andres's um, point, I would ask Andres if possible, if any professionals nearby would be supporting if they need someone in person like even as a professional now when I was in Houston I went to go meet with uh, schools and then once they saw me in my professional attire and they knew that I was an actual engineer like I graduated and stuff they're like oh well what, what can we help you with so the, the whole conversation and like tone came thank you so much I have another question real quick so for the schools there's some schools that have responded and, and I'm working with them right now to set up events but my problem is First, setting up an engaging event for high schoolers, and second, setting up an event that's all engaging, but also like you know, it's informational. You know, it's I don't know, I really don't like know how to like combine those two together for high school students. It's kind of like like you said, like you don't take it seriously. So it's kind of I have to my one shot to set the best example I can, and I just like kind of having a hard time trying to come up with one. Well. For me, for me, it's kind of what Will said, is finding a teacher willing to be that that point of contact for you. Because um, they're the ones that will make the students engage. You know, it's just, it just always seemed to be the thing that worked. When it comes to events and planning, I mean, you have to really put yourself in the shoes of the student, and that, especially in high school. I didn't take anything seriously in high school. So I had to find a way to make it very engaging. But what and what we ended up doing in, in my entire time with Chef when it came to Chef Junior is we didn't just try to figure out little tiny events. We actually focused on one good event where it was an offering of different things that each student could probably take something different from. So, for example, this year, as I mentioned earlier, we're, we're partnering up with UF to do a Chef Junior Conference, and that's going to be a weekend of different types of topics, activities, hands-on stuff, insights. And doing that, a student has an opportunity to really go, oh, okay, because one of the things I learned trying to go to high school all the time was just like, you can give them engaged one time, but you might not get them engaged the next time. There's just a lot of a little bit of a hassle in that sense, but that was just my two cents. I don't know if anyone else wants to add to that. Um, what yeah. are the things that I, oh, go ahead, Carlos. Uh, I was gonna say really quick, uh, get the parents engaged as much as the kids. If you can find a way to buy in the parents, they're the ones taking the kids to and from school, that's a big help to you. Um, whether it's scholarship sessions, financial aid sessions, expertise, whatever it is, if you can find a way to get the parents involved and engaged separate from the student, but in the same place, then that'll only work to your benefit. We would uh, we would absolutely focus on one big like Notre Dame like what Andres described. Another thing we found successful was working again with that teacher, that advocate, and letting us come in during the school day to talk to the students. So the school the students were like, "Yo, we get a break from school. This is great." So you know they're they're excited about anyone coming in to talk. And then two, it was like, and same way I'll answer any of your questions. I would literally go in there and tell the professor, "Hey." I'm going to be open to them and answer any question they want. So I'd go and say, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? I'm, in, I'm studying engineering. I go to USF. I'm a college student, and I'm here to talk to you guys about college 
If you want to know about how to get in, let's talk about that. If you want to know about what college is like, let's talk about that. If you want to know about engineering, let's talk about that. And the idea was, hey, let's see, like, let them see somebody who's a minority, talk to them about college and what it's like. Thank you so much. Or has a question. Hey everyone, how's it going? Uh, thank you for doing this event. By the way, this has been really helpful. Um, I wanted to ask some advice. So right now, I would say that we have like a really motivated eboard, and everyone has like a ton of ideas for like events and programs and stuff like that. And I think that we're having some trouble determining like what events like to prioritize, prioritize like what events to do and what events not to do. Um, do you have any recommendations on how to go about this? For me, it really was based on. In the beginning of the fall, it's really about like getting the members engaged, whether it's through preparation for conferences, events like it could be socials, it could be events tailored to industry, you know, partnerships or getting them exposed to the industry uh, and the companies around your area or whatever. Um, it was really about making them feel like, you know, we're here for them. Because if you start really trying to do every single little detail or every idea that pops up, you want to make it into an event, you're just going to be bombarded with all these things. So. If there was one event that we wanted to do, I'd have my eboard just kind of a few of them kind of team up, go work on it. So then at least them as a team can help kind of facilitate, make it happen, do whatever they need, and then bam. But like I said earlier, you know, you want to you want to really focus on what you feel is important that year. Every year is different. What you're doing this year, the priorities may be different from what um, last year was, and that just happens. Like I said, my year was mainly about you know, the next step, who was going to come in? So really making the events tailored to, this is why you want to lead an organization like this or be a part of an organization like this. Carlos, for example, he was the unfortunate year of COVID. So everything he had to do was virtual. So that was a whole challenge he had to figure out. So it's really like, don't try to do everything. Try to do what you feel is important. And you, and honestly, get feedback from the members. If you want to do surveys, do surveys. If we just want to go up to them and ask them a question, how do you feel about this event? Did you get something out of it? Listen to your members because that's the only way you're going to understand if what you're doing is effective or not. So that's my two cents. I will add because I see that you you went to or you go to UF, Jorge. Um, UF has always had tons of events, lots of energy. And it goes back to my point of it's a college town. And you guys, a lot of you are like three, four hours away from home. Not that many people are going home every weekend. A lot of you don't even have cars that are from Miami. Um, so they're constantly having events. Like when I was in college, UF used to throw a tailgate for every single football game, like yeah. every single game did not matter if you knew you were going to smoke the team by 90 points. They were like, we just don't know. Go Gators. You know, we got to have a big event. They used to have DJs. They would partner with another Hispanic org and they would literally have like 400 person tailgates. It was insane. Um, and that was the social aspect of it. But when it came to business, UF was throwing down two to three events a week, and it was insane. Like I did not understand how they continued to get 150 members showing up consistently. It was just insane, always very impressive to me. Um, and you guys have the what I consider the um, prestige that you have so many companies wanting to do events with you. Um, but to Andres's point, if you overload, you won't be able to. I want, uh, Whoever attended your the NILA from UF, she had mentioned – hey, we have all our own old traditional events and we also want to do new events. If you want to do new events, that's fine. I would weigh, hey, do we make space for this by getting rid of an old one? Because if we just continue to add, 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 you're just going to overload the members like too, way too much. Um, you guys do a great job of goals for tomorrow. 
in the spring. Like, I'm very familiar with a lot of what UF does. Yeah. Um, goals for tomorrow in the spring. Great event. I wouldn't get rid of it. But if that's like an event that you're like, hey, we need to get rid of this to make space for this even better, bigger event. It's going to make a bigger impact. Maybe that's the right move, right? Like, but you guys need to have that conversation and, and discuss it and then make a decision as an e-board. And even if that, as a president, if you don't feel that there's like a decision being helped made by their board, at the end of the day, it becomes an executive decision. It's like, I just feel that this is the right path. And at the end of the day, they got to follow your lead. So iron fist, baby. With that really quick, um, ask yourself to, like, is everything you're trying to do just for the fall or is there anything you can push to the spring? Because um, even regionally, like, Andres has shot down a lot of <clears throat> ideas that have come up. It's like, hey, like, we can table this for now. We'll do it in the spring. Right. There is time for it. If you make time for it later on, don't feel that you have to do everything now. Right. Save something in your back pocket for when you need it to engage the members again. Because if you show all your cards at the beginning, then what's that? What's that? Um, what's that wild card in the spring? You know, what are you going to do to re-engage members in the spring if you've already shown everything? Um, and with that, all of you guys have ideas. All of you guys have things that you want to do, establishing traditions, whatever it is. As much as you want to put those forward, be willing to put your ideas aside if it's not the best thing for the club and someone else has a better idea. Um, don't let pride get in the way of that, um, just because we're all Hispanic, we're all prideful. Um, so if you're, don't always feel like your idea is the best idea. Um, yeah, and it's a little bit off topic, but. No, it, it's actually a good point. I really want to bring that out. Check ego at the door. You know, your way is not the only way, honestly, regardless if you're the president or not, your team may come up with something way better. Like a lot of these, and that's something I learned early on. And that's, I'm grateful that as you can see on the screen, some of these events are coming from the team and that's things I've never even thought of. I'm like, this is a great idea. Why not? It's not, it doesn't have to be my way or the highway. Um, so let me see real quick. So we're pressed on time. I want to respect your guys' time. So if you have any other questions, feel free to reach out at any time. You guys have our contact information. A lot of you were added to our new WhatsApp group. It was decided at NILA that we are no longer going to be using Slack to communicate with you guys. We're going to be using WhatsApp. So if you haven't, you know, got into the Slack, please, I mean, the WhatsApp, please let me know. Uh, some of you already have my contacts, so you're good to go. Just let me know and I'll add you. Um, hang on, let me see the chat. Does anyone have a lot of international students? Um, anyway, yeah, does so, anyone have any? Yeah, go ahead. And I was just going to add on to that question. So I had, uh, someone had mentioned that at Nila, and I didn't take a note of who it was, but if you are a small chapter or a newer chapter or your e-board is not familiar with international students, they are eligible for internships. They are eligible for full-time. You need to know a lot of this. Uh, at USF, at least, we had 50% of our population is probably still that, that way, that we're international students. Um, if you need help with that, send me a message. I will send you a guide that we made for international students. It's an eight-page document um, that's kind of step-by-step -step how to internship and how to full-time from like, hey, I just got to the United States to landing an internship at one of the companies that does sponsor. Uh, as Mariana is saying, please let her know if you need anything. You can obviously go through her and Gabby, who's the RSR as well. Uh, again, our contact is in the sheet, in the kit. Again, you will be sent um, this link to all of you by tonight, so you have an opportunity to take a look at it in the next coming days as you plan and you figure things out. Uh, my team, for those of you who sent me goals and stuff during the NILA presentations, 
I'm putting those things together so my team will reach out to you. So if you wanted to start Chef Tina's and you let us know, our Chef Tina's director will reach out to you. So, so just be patient as we get those things done. And last but not least, once again, if for those of you attending NILA, this is what's happening at the region this fall. So we have a retreat starting next month. We just had this boot camp. We're kicking off our industry talks, which we're going to be bringing in a lot of companies and a lot of the industries you guys wanted us to talk about. And just giving your members an insight to what it's like to work in these, these companies. For those who weren't there, like I said, we wanted to expose your members to more companies. So by the time they get to convention, they know what these people do. They know what the industry is like. So they're not completely blind to like what to do at the convention. Uh, and then obviously we'll have our, our, our podcast, blah, blah, blah. With that, this presentation has been recorded, this meeting. So I'll be putting it in the folder as well. And I'll obviously be converting it to the podcast. So if you haven't followed our podcast, please do so. Break the Routine podcast. Um, but yeah, guys, if you have any questions, please reach out to you. Thank you so much for attending. I hope this was valuable to you. It's only an hour. We can probably go on and on and on. But we just wanted to, you guys to be prepared. If anything comes up, please reach out. We'll be more than happy to help you. We've done it already, so we'll be willing to do it again. All right? Wait, really quick. Two things before we, we close off. I'm sorry. Um, Typical, man. Typical. So, I'm sorry. Dramatic. Dramatic. Okay. Uh, first things first. We've said a lot of things to, that might scare you, that might kind of intimidate you. Have fun. You know, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Make the memories. Go out. Have a great time. Make mistakes, you know, enjoy it as much as you can, right? You only get this chance once a year or maybe even once in your lifetime. Enjoy it, right? You can only, you can impact so many people and you're going to see that impact, whether it's at the beginning, at the end, or even five, 10 years from now, you're going to see the impact of what you do. So enjoy it, right? And part two to that is you're the parent of your chapter, right? And I made this analogy to Jasmine and it was, we all have parents. They've all made mistakes, good, bad, whatever the case. So as you're parenting your chapter, understand that you're helping your members learn to walk, to crawl, to run, and really kind of figure out all the steps that they need to to graduate school, whatever the case. So if you make a mistake, tomorrow's a new day. Now your parents made mistakes. You can make mistakes too, and that's okay. Um, so don't get in your head about it. Don't lose sleep over it. If shit hit the fan, it shit hit the fan, and and try for it not to hit the fan tomorrow. So let yourself be parents and let yourself make mistakes. You're supposed to learn as well. So you're learning as much as everyone else is. So keep that in mind as well. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, it was a long one. But again, it's meant to be able to create an opportunity for all of you who are listening to the podcast to listen to some of the conversations we've got going on. As you heard, it's all about leadership. It does not have to only apply to Shep. It can apply to leadership in general. Um, so I hope you took a lot out of it. If you have any questions or comments or want to get involved in some of these conversations, please reach out. You can always reach out to my email, rvp7 at chef.org. Or you can always just stay tuned to our Instagram and our social medias and LinkedIn and you'll be aware of exactly what we got coming up. Um, we do hope you stay tuned to what's coming. And yeah, so until next time, guys. <laughs>